This is Jason Cast. This is Scott Nearman. We are MP Local, where we want you to know that you are not alone. I'll tell you what, Scott, this business is not easy. It has its own unique challenges. This is not about bottom line only. This is not about profit only. We're about mission and changing communities in the nonprofit world. And that is why we started this podcast called MP Local. Hi, this is Jason Cash from NP Local, and I just wanted to give you a heads up on something. During this recording, you're going to hear a little bit of cutting in and out. A combined total of a 20-minute podcast, it probably lasts about a minute. But I just want you to know, as you hear it scattered through, we do apologize due to the overload of COVID. Uh, the internet was not coming through clearly. So we promise to make it better in the future. We hope you enjoy NP Local. Hey, 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 welcome everybody to NP Local, where you are not alone. I'm Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nearman. And we are glad you are here because I want to tell you, we created this podcast for who? For you. You. That's right. We created it because we want you to be able to learn. We we understand that there is a huge shift going on in the nonprofit world um, where we're talking about people who have uh, been CFOs or been other parts of the team, which are now elevating to executive directors. We have a lot of executive directors who have a ton of talent out there who maybe not be able to content, to update on the things that are going on in the nonprofit world. And then third, what's most important is, is where you really can grow your organization, Scott, is whenever you get some information from outside facilities, when someone is giving you guidance about your business, who's not involved in it every day, there's good, there's bad about that. And we want to make sure that we bring the good, good right to you. All right. So Scott, and before we get started, anything you want to say? I just want our listeners to know that they're not alone. This is a podcast that we created so that you listeners know that you're not alone in that role. You're probably slim staffed. Uh, you're probably reliant on donors and volunteers, and we want to help you uh, maximize those resources. So we've done a couple other podcasts. We go back and please listen to those because we really broke down from a high level um, uh, in the different nonprofits that are out there, the different structures. We kind of talked about some of the other things that really the last one um, is too much to talk about. But uh, uh, Scott, I went back and listened to it after the team made it. And you really blew my mind on a lot of things. And something we talked about on that last one, which we're going to continue right on. Keep in mind, we try to keep these to 20 minutes the best that we can. We want to continue on because there's something that Really, I'm going to tell you, um, listeners, it, this is new to me like it is to you, okay? And the reason why I say that is is I, I, when he told me this, I'm like, yeah, this needs to be a topic because I have no idea what this is. Being involved in the nine for profits for 18 years, I've never heard anybody mention this. Not to say that people don't know, but for those who do know this, here's a way to kind of update your thinking on it. And for those don't, you're getting ready to have your mind blown. We call it the double bottom line. And he says quite simply, but I think the questions and conversations that are out there is that you can, there's three different parts. Remember the definition of nonprofit, definition of bottom line, and definition of other bottom line. I'm going to give it to you to take away, Scott, so you can kind of set this up for us. Sure, sure. Well, I think you gave a good summary right there, but you know, you always got to come back in the nonprofit world to the definition of who we are and why we exist as the third sector, folks say. You know, we're not government. We may have some funding from government, but we're not government because we're doing things that government chooses not to do. 
we're not business. It's not all about the financial bottom line necessarily because we don't have shareholders in the nonprofit organization. So we are this third entity. Okay. Good point. We're not all about um, making a profit, although I think a lot of well-meaning uh, nonprofit uh, staff folks really uh, may lose focus on the financial side and others are so focused on the financial side they lose um, ah, the mission. Makes sense. Makes sense. So the double bottom line is the idea that we have to have a financial bottom line. We are a business. We have to keep our doors open. We want to reinvest that income each year back into uh, the, the mission and making our community better and changing lives. But we also have a second bottom line that's not necessarily financial. And that may be a whole other topic for the future, but the, the, it depends on the type of organization you are, what uh, ways you choose to measure that impact and demonstrate that impact to your supporters. So we want to talk today about, um, again, first, that definition of a nonprofit, no shareholders. We do not have financial shareholders. Therefore, the model is our mission and impact in the community. And you all know this, right? We have, we're here to, uh, to change lives. We're here to... Uh, change the community and so that that's number one the definition of a nonprofit and is that we're not we don't have shareholders this is also why we get special tax treatment from the irs we can't forget if we're not paying sales tax or real estate tax on a piece of property that's because the government expects us to make that difference and so we have a responsibility not just to our donors and our constituents that we're serving but also to the community as a whole because we get that special tax treatment so the definition of bottom line is just like any other business so really, there's three things, uh, and something I want to get at is we're going to start calling you local listeners because that's what you are here at MP Local. And so you local listeners, where we want to go with this is there's three main parts that Scott has broke down here. Remember the definitions of, of a non-profit. He wants to talk about that real quick. Then he wants to talk about the definition of a bottom line, just like any business. And then he wants to talk about the definition of the other bottom line, which is not necessary necessarily financials. So that's the key. So Scott, take it away on your first point as we get through here um, for these local listeners. Sure. Well, I was just wanting to remind everybody that something they probably already know, but the definition of a nonprofit that makes, you know, what makes us unique in this third sector is that we're not government. We're doing things that government may not completely fill the gaps in a, in a human or social service arena. Uh, we are not a business and we don't have shareholders that our profits go back to. Uh, true. In fact, we're a lot more like a small business in the smaller operating margins that you might see in those settings. But we're actually a nonprofit that has special tax treatment from the IRS. We're in the business to do social good, to improve lives or the life of the community as a whole. And so what that means is when the social good and that mission and impact in the community is our number one goal, our profits don't go to shareholders. They go right back into the mission and invest in the organization, just like you would invest in your in your business, Jason. And I think that was the whole and I think that's the whole purpose of the government putting together and allowing this type of tax treatment is don't put it to the shareholders, put it back into the mission. That's right. We're doing things that maybe someone cannot make a profit at very easily. And we're doing things that government chooses not to do. I mean, you've got the whole uh, political spectrum going on when, when you're looking at government funding. So while many nonprofits uh, receive some government funding, I would certainly caution them to not rely on that. Uh, obviously, the winds can change pretty quickly. That's true. According to GuideStar, about 50% of nonprofits have less than one month of operating revenue. 
And so we're wow. going to talk about that in a minute. But that's why I say they're a, a bit more like a small business. In fact, small business people would say they need to be run a little more like a business. Uh, <laughs> non-profit non folks like me say yeah, that's very true. You got to balance that, though, with the, the investment in the community. That's right. That's right. So there's basically two bottom lines to this then, because if we're not dealing with share, shareholders, we have two, two different mindsets. I've heard you talk about this before in our agency or in our agency. Well, it could be an agency or organization. Um, it has to do with those who are worried about the financials and sometimes lose focus on the mission. And then there's those in there who are so focused on the mission, they don't understand the financial aspect of it. Dig into that a little deeper for us. Sure. So, so just like any, uh, good business, there is a financial bottom line, of course, and we have to pay attention to that as we manage the nonprofit. Uh, the nonprofit that isn't solvent at the end of their fiscal year or into the quarter or into the month uh, is in a pretty poor position, just like any business uh, to, to give money out to shareholders to uh, uh, even keep their doors open the next month. So nonprofits need that net revenue, what I'm calling bottom line, to reinvest in themselves and reinvest in their business and in their community every month, every quarter, every year. Nonprofits that don't have adequate liquidity, they don't have the cash or the operating assets on hand, they're setting themselves up for failure. And so it is uh, particularly important, and, and I would go on to say that that's the board's responsibility to ensure that solvency. Um, it is not just staff. Uh, there are a number of factors that can influence donors and, and revenue. And a lot of times that goes hand in hand with uh, the S&P 500 and other uh, indicators of our economy. Uh, but really, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's important to note what GuideStar has said, that 50% having less than one month of operating revenue. Um, and then you, you couple that with the research that says six in 10, you know, that small business failure rate is about six in 10 in the first five years. So that's crazy. You know, the first five years is is the same for a for a nonprofit. I would argue, um, you've got um, you've got to turn a profit of some sort so that you keep your doors open. Sure. So I always think about the potential consulting client I had a few years ago that um, wanted to start another cancer charity, and while their heart was in the right place, uh, you know, we went out for coffee, we talked about this. Um, I really ended that and talking myself out of a, a consulting opportunity because I suggested she contact some other organizations that were in the region that were already doing something. Oh, wow. To what she wanted to do. Joining forces rather than splitting and conquering. Correct. You, you know, there's so many nonprofits created in this country every day. When you see a failure rate among small business and a, and a insolvency rate among nonprofits uh, in times like these, when the economy's, uh, you know, arguably uh, fundamentals are good, but there's uh, real concerns about, um, you know, just election season and, and transitions of power potentially and the different things that can happen in this sort of um, uh, tumultuous times. Um, it gets a little scary. So to be that tiny nonprofit in a startup mode um, in a moment like this, you know, you really got to have some cash on hand. Uh, so I talked that client out of out of starting a 501c3. I don't know what their ultimate decision was, but I, I think that they opted to raise money and support other entities. Um, you know, maybe down the road, they're going to do something and, and identify their mission as being distinct and unique and separate. But if it is not, there's a lot of quality nonprofits out there that need the support of others of like mind. So her heart was in the right place, you know, but um, I don't want to see them fail on this uh, bottom line, the financial bottom line. But then, 
But then, and, and so and that is important. And I think we have a lot of times the right person in line for that, hopefully. But if we do and we don't, another conversation would be um, that we should note is, is what do we do to help that person understand the difference between the double and the double bottom line? Um, the person who understands the finances, how do we make sure that they stay in line with the other bottom line, which is not necessarily financial, which you're yeah. going to mention here, but then how do we get this person, the non-financial bottom line to understand the other? I don't really want to go there right now. I want to keep dissecting sure. this, but that should be another talk for another time because as a small business owner, I may get people in my office who may not agree with the way that I do things and they want to go start their own. And sometimes, most of the time, that is not the best decision. Just because they may be a rock star person in my agency doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be successful at starting their own and generating their sure. own revenue. And I can imagine it's the same there. So there's conversations and directions in the way that my culture has to be built in order to maintain that person or get rid of the person based on them not being in line with the goals of what we have. So I would be interested sure. in, I would be very interested in, in, in hitting that. Sure. So, um, so, um, go, go ahead though. So how would you say the definition of the bottom line of the, of the, uh, other bottom line would be? Yeah. So the other bottom line is not necessarily financial, uh, but it's mission and impact related. And I said earlier, I think that, uh, how you measure that mission and impact is uh, based upon the type of organization that you are. And of course, that is a, um, uh, a different sort of measure, a different sort of uh, target goal that you're going to set in your strategic planning process, whether you're serving animals or the environment, or whether you're serving uh, children, uh, women and children, families, uh, whatever the case may be. Maybe you're working on community events. Maybe you're a membership association. So your targets may be a little bit different, but regardless, you mm -hmm. have that mission to be responsive to. And really, um, you know, I've, I've been guilty of missing the mark on this in the past. You know, this is a really a, a communication, not just a strategic planning, but a communication um, goal that, that every organization needs to have. Sometimes we're so preoccupied as directors of a small or even a medium-sized nonprofit, we're so preoccupied with day-to-day -day operations and maybe we're thinking more about the financial bottom line or we're, we're thinking more about the services and the volunteer management aspect that unless it's factored into our processes and there's a planned policy and process for sharing this kind of impact information, we don't communicate it very well. We don't talk to our board about it, our constituents. And, and, and that's what I want to say here. That's what I was exactly saying. I'm going with where you're saying here, Scott, is that's the point of the podcast, right? Is sure. you're not alone. Sometimes they don't want to listen to you. Sometimes like your, 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 your kids don't want to listen to you because you're the parent. And then you go give them to another parent and they listen to everything they say. This is the point in time for you to take five, right. 10 minutes or two minutes of this podcast and play it for your staff so that they're hearing it come from someone who is certified in this, but is also looking out in a non Bias sure. way. Now, there's three parts of that bottom line you talk about, which is the ROI, the cost to raise a dollar, and and what donors yeah. see. And this was kind of mind blowing to me because I want to set this up for everybody. If you're may really focused in the mission of the nonprofit, but you're not so much in understanding the bottom line, this will give you some insight to why that person on the financial side is really going to drive home the need for you to be effective and efficient and productive in the money driving organizations in the in the processes that you create. So go ahead and take it away there with number one, I would say on the ROI. 
ROI if there's not anything you else want to get. Sure. So you're going to talk about that that mission and impact in the form of people and dollars and trees saved and animals rehomed and that sort of thing. But you can also do some number crunching uh, that's uh, a little bit financial in nature, but it's it's Im- relevant to your fundraising because that's obviously what's unique about nonprofits, right? Is we rely on our um, on our donors, we rely on our board, we rely on grants and things like that that are helping to um, make that mission go. Uh, ROI or yield is a measure of fundraising effectiveness. So your return on investment for the dollar spent um, is going to demonstrate the effectiveness of your fundraising and your spending, right? So if you spend... I like this. I like this. You spend a dollar to host a golf tournament, you better raise at least $2. Okay. So you amplify that. If you spend 10 grand to put on the golf tournament and reserve the course, probably a small course, um, then you better bring in at least 20, uh, net revenue. That's a good return, Mm -hmm. right? Plan giving is the one-on-one discussions on in estate planning among those who are closest to your organizations or they care the most, or they simply have the resources to give, Um, you're expecting more like a five to one return in those kinds of conversations. In fact, I've worked with consultants uh, working with another one recently, uh, you know, somebody older and wiser than I am. um, And they talk about their agency providing a 40 to one or a 50 to one return. That's, that's good fundraising, right? So that ROI is your effectiveness. How good are you at doing that? So this is important. So those people who may not understand this financial bottom line, they go do a um, a uh, a golf outing. We'll keep it simple. They spend a thousand dollars and they raise. Um, uh, they net out three hundred. So they spend a thousand and they bring in thirteen hundred. They may think that's a success, and yes, it might very well way very well may be. But it's not. That's not the way that the person who's looking at the financial bottom line may be looking at it. And I could see how that could cause some tension inside that's of the right. nonprofit. Hey, I did a good job. I raised money. Yeah, but you didn't raise enough. That doesn't sound very nice. You know what I mean? So I can imagine this yeah. is a huge point of contention in a lot of nonprofits. Well, and I think any director needs to know where they stand and with a given event and run the numbers from time to time. You know, if you're fortunate to have an accountant on your staff or even if you outsource that, you know, you need to be able to pull some reports and, and to look at these numbers. So, and Scott, would I not be true to say that a lot of times, sometimes people don't want to look at the reports because they're scared of what they may find? Uh-huh. I like to say sometimes that you, you nothing is real unless it's measured. Right. And if we're not measuring, then it's not real. So sometimes we can think we're getting a two to one, but are we measuring that strictly by these reports you're talking about? That's right. And I think what's different about nonprofits is sometimes it's fuzzy on how you measure it. For example, um, you have special events to grow your base. We talked about the fundraising pyramid and that broad base of people you need to first attract to your mission if they don't already know about you. That's another reason to have special events, but you can't solely focus on special events when you're fundraising. That's true. So what about the cost to raise a dollar? So the cost to raise a dollar or the overhead is a measure of your efficiency. So we talked about fundraising effectiveness. Fundraising efficiency um, is how much, how efficient you are uh, and how much money comes out of that dollar raised for the other costs. So the, the fundraising costs, uh, not just to put on a special event, but the other cost paying the staff and uh, your tech uh, and your space and various expenses that are fixed. 
So we're looking at what was our total return, and then we're going to take a portion out of that and say, how much did we actually have to pay in our costs, just like we would as a small business? I love how you relate it to that. People don't realize a lot of people that are running nonprofits, you are running a small business. I love how you say that. Yeah. So now we're going to find out that efficiency of how efficient. If we had to spend a ton of money, maybe we even did get the two to one return, but maybe right. we spent too much and we could have got a three or four to return. I love that. I love that. Love that a lot. So this is reported on your IRS form 990. Okay. So mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to find the accountants are doing this. Um, we also need to know that measure as directors uh, to know whether we're both being effective and efficient. And that's just on the fundraising side of things. You've, you've got um, a lot of expenses, a lot of things going in, going out, a lot of diverse constituencies and audiences uh, when you're uh, working or running a nonprofit. And so there's a lot of considerations, but I think most important thing here is that you need to know and to do that quick math, uh, work with your accountant, work with your CPA firm, work with a member of your board to pull appropriate reports um, and then communicate to donors. What donors want to know that's also that other bottom line, the double bottom line, is they don't want to just see a bunch of figures. They want to know how much of their money's going to overhead. They want to know the impact you're having and how well you're fundraising and how that revenue's flowing. And those reports again. But they want to know how lives were changed and how the world is different because your organization exists. That's right. I love it. I love it, dude. That is it. You know, lunch is almost over for these executive directors or whoever's out there. And if it's not, they got to have a little bit of time left to call their family uh, and see stuff that's going on in this world right now. Keeping close relationships and community or communication with your family and your employees is vital. Anything you want to wrap it up for as we talked about the double bottom line? Well, I would just say for the directors out there that are listening and now their heads kind of spinning with, with some of this math, look, remember who you are as a nonprofit. Remember right. your mission. Find a way to measure that mission. There's all kinds of resources out there. I recently came across a charting impact document uh, released by GuideStar and some other organizations. I'd encourage you to find that or contact us. I can send that to you. It's a free resource that helps you focus in on that. Um, and then this idea of a double bottom line, it's financial plus the mission. Uh, know your numbers and work with somebody who may be more inclined uh, in the numerical area and the mathematical area. If that's not your forte, it's okay and you can learn it. There's a lot of resources out there. Financial plus the mission. I love that, dude. That's uh, that's that, that's what this is all about. And I greatly appreciate it. And uh, all you, as we named you in episode four, local listeners, which I love it, UMP local listeners, we greatly appreciate you. Um, our motto here, and we want you to understand it, and we want you to make sure when you share this podcast with other executive directors, because we know you got something out of it, be sure to let them know that you are not, not alone. alone. MP Local, that's why we did this. My name is Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nearman. We're out.